Hello and welcome to episode 308 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and Jack Harper. AJ is still gallivanting in Vegas. I'm assuming he'll be back next week. Plenty to get into though. Arsenal are still top of the league and both Liverpool and Chelsea are still losing games. It's as simple as that. We'll get into both clubs, we'll assess how deep the issues are and how quickly things can be turned around. But after saying all that, how are we doing today? Fantastic, obviously. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I mean, you said that with such a smile on your face as well. well look, you've got to make the most of it when you're top of the league. Um, Chelsea can ensure that that doesn't happen, but um, we'll, we'll see how Saturday goes, Sunday goes. Um, yeah, 12.30 kickoff, thanks. 12 o'clock, not even 12.30. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. I looked at it and I was like, great, thanks for that. <laughs> ruined a great fixture of drinking. I mean, I was complaining that Liverpool-Leeds was quarter to eight, so... Sometimes these things work out for the best. Whenever I see a 12 o'clock kickoff, I think back to Wayne Rooney when he's like, you just don't know how hard my life is when I have to walk down past it at 9am. I was like, that's not that really... Was, that was uh, Rio, and I remember this, this was right at the time. He No, Rio did one on Christmas Day. Yeah, it was like, yeah. well, everyone's thinking of Christmas dinner today, I'll be having pasta. And to really pinpoint the time, someone was like, imagine what it's like for soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> I loved when soldiers were the yardstick for every social conversation. Now it's nurses. Yeah. And, yeah. and people have just realised we don't care about them that much. Yeah. And little did we know, the nation probably would have been such a huge celebration if we saw Rio draped in a Union Jack. <laughs> yeah. Um there isn't any news of the week this week. I said we had a busy week last week. Oh, if all we'll go past that. <laughs> the penny dropped for me on that. I was like, I had visions of him supporting Brexit for some reason. The Union Jack dripped open, but no, we went the other way. So there is no news of the week this week. Very busy week last week, but you know he's keen to get into us here. First of all, so... I often reference a lot of the narratives and debate from football Twitter on here. You get the extremes of arguments and they're a good place to start and work back from. I actually got one of those periodical reminders of just like what some of these people are, like these Mm. faceless accounts that you see. Mm. Um, I saw a Spurs account and they tweeted out, I'm so grateful. This is the man that made me truly fall in love with Tottenham. What a player. It was Roman Pavlyuchenko. <laughs> I mean, you look back and the Spurs legends are quite thin on the ground. <laughs> but like, if 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 Roman Pavlyuchenko is the, is We've the got player you remember in what growing just up, said there. if that's the player you remember growing up, he was the he was the kind of like wild card that people would shout out in the school. I was say, people, they did love him though, yeah. because it, when he was on the bench, they were like shouting for him to come on yeah. what, and I remember thinking I don't quite get this but he did, he scored some he was an alright player no doubt on the player I'm saying you're beefing with people online that's earliest football memories are like 2007 no oh okay yeah the age is yeah, yeah. you are absolutely right sometimes when I'll say like uh, I don't remember this or I, I don't know I wasn't born in time or whatever excuse me what yeah. what do you mean <laughs> I mean, there's, there was a big thing when Frank Lampard was Chelsea manager where some of these kids hadn't actually seen Lampard play. Yeah, we? yeah. And they're on Twitter saying, oh, he's, he's finished. He's set this, back clo- this club back decades. I'm like, this is Frank Lampard. But then you've got to have a reality check and realise mm. that we are getting a bit when, older. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is, there's this whole genre of tweet now where um, they're going, um, 
only real ones will remember this. And what they really mean by real ones is someone mid-20s to mid-30s. <laughs> yeah. That sort of range is basically <laughs> me, what they mean. Me and Troy were talking yesterday. He sent me a thing about Messi and all of this. And um, there's a very specific pocket of, um, of an age range that will bring George Best into a Messi, Ronaldo, Pele, Maradona conversation. Hmm. Say, you know, remember this guy? Yeah. This isn't the guy for that conversation. Just... <laughs> One side, but yeah, yeah same guys. I can probably similarly look at, look at Maradona as well. Same sort yeah. of thing, where yeah. But let's start with Chelsea. Basically, we'll go through the two teams, and I'll have a Q and A at the end, which is essentially our. Sorry, was that segment just to dig out the Spurs fan? Because uh, well, <laughs> you look like you were going to build into something so now. What, you really want to just dig him out. I was going to go through uh, the player that made you fall in love with said team, but I remember one somewhat of a time limit due fair, to fair. weather, internet, just about everything else that could go wrong. So uh, I think people would rather hear about the horrible times you have now than the glory years and what made you fall in love with That's these players. I agree, yeah. So we'll go through the games, kind of the what surrounded that. And at the end, I have a and a where essentially between you, you have to decide if said thing is more likely to happen to Liverpool or Chelsea based on what we've seen so far. At around 2.30 on Saturday, I loaded up my Bet365 app. I that placed, magical time of the weekend. Yeah. I placed £10. I usually don't go over £5. We're going to 10 bets. No. <laughs> I placed £10 on a double. Chelsea and Tottenham. Now, by... Play from really getting you much back. That was four to one. Okay, all right. Yeah. Chelsea were near two to one to beat Brighton. Yeah, which... yeah I'm not sure if I've yeah. been... My only consolation Chelsea. from the weekend then is the fact that you lost your money. Well, I'll tell you, the reason I did that. that is I thought, if both win, I'm happy. And if just one of these two drop points, I'm going to consider it somewhat of a good weekend. Yeah. Now... 22 minutes in, both sides were losing. <laughs> and I thought, okay, it's not too bad. Now, the issue I had is, to make things worse, actually, I, see where my money goes, it's just dawning on me. Let's try and get on one of the teams when they're losing, and then if they turn it around, then I win some more money. I think I know where we're going here. Um, <laughs> doesn't end well for you. I chose the Chelsea game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now... You must have really taken out Spurs when they win a badly. <laughs> well, I kind of... It wasn't even one of them where I kidded myself into believing. Like, as soon as it went 2-1, yeah, and I was... Yeah. Their result, they were still, like, not even 2-1 to one mm. at 2-0. So it was like, what is the point in this? Um, I messaged Jack to see how it was going at 2-0 Chelsea, and he turned it off at this point, which is a coward's move. <laughs> I was in the car trying to watch it on a dodgy street. Um, so... If we start with Graham Potter, so this was Chelsea's first loss under Graham Potter, and while they perhaps haven't been as entertaining as they'd have liked, this was the first loss. You've won at Selhurst, the San Siro, Villa Park, Molyneux, and the Red Bull Arena, which you you were there, Jack, and have drawn against United and Brentford. So I text Jack yesterday to confirm our topics, and he said... There's just not that many other good managers out there, so I don't know who we'd bring in. <laughs> He's genuinely talking about getting rid of Graham Potter already. 
I mean, <laughs> if he you, joined seven weeks if, ago. If you, <laughs> if you join Chelsea, you got to know what you're in for. Which yeah. is, but yeah. the whole I, thing was we spoke. This was this was new. <laughs> this was a new Chelsea. So, look, I think <laughs> sounds like a good idea in principle. So the but. reason why I was so fed up. I mean, I don't know how structured you want me to go with this, or you just want me to go off on one because I'll do both. <laughs> well, I quite easily. I, do I've both. got a, I'll just the whole the, the general principle of this because we are going to talk about the idea of a rebuild and how yeah. it suits some clubs better than others. United, by the way, talking about their project, the one they've spent th- near 300 million. That's not that's not a project. You've got to trust, the, pro- now. trust the process, yeah. right? But this is the thing with Chelsea. So, I mean, the results have kind of flattered Graham Potter somewhat because you get out of jail with a screamer from Conor Gallagher against Crystal Palace. That, tough place to go, to be fair. It, it is a tough place to go. But still, that, that gets you out of jail. And when you culminate all of these performances, which, which I'll go through. The Villa one, you're fortunate, really. Exactly. Like, I'm watching it, I could see how terrible we couldn't string a pass together. Um, Kukurea gets hooked off at half time. Um, I'm bored that we're going to talk about it. Oh, him. yeah. <laughs> and then you could see that we aren't playing well and we're being absolutely peppered by Villa. And if they had, like I said to you on the podcast, if they'd had any decent strikers, we would have lost that game or would have been at least two down before we score our two then you fast forward to Brentford absolutely peppered again uh, but we managed to get a nil-nil because just the there sheer there were some unreal luck. Brentford challenges at the end of that yeah game. that that is well but again you shouldn't be relying on those to beat to beat Brentford per se especially when they lose 4-0 to Villa the week after and then we won there as well and then you look at Salzburg Salzburg's probably one of the best I've seen us play first half under Potter we were creating ridiculous amount of challenges there's that clip isn't there about this is potable. Yeah, and have it. I uh, know Aubameyang doesn't score it, and that—that's the. That is potable. Yeah, that, that's the. <laughs> did that for a long time, Brian. <laughs> yeah. That is the Chelsea, the Chelsea way at the moment, which is you just we get chances. Well, at first under Tucker we didn't get chances, <laughs> whereas now we're getting chances. And we still can't. We still can't finish them. What was it like going out there, by the way? Um, no, I didn't go. If you remember to Salzburg, because the flights went up to four hundred quid the day before. Well, that's I sore. told you this. No, no, because the reason I didn't think you were on last week and then I thought you said that you were, I'm going Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't in the end because my plan failed, it backfired. Oh, so you were going to leave it to the night before yes. and get flights. Yeah, so the plan worked. Jesus. When I, bought, when I, bought, I thought you'd been quiet about it, but yeah, I just Yeah, no, so when I bought the ticket, the, tic- the tickets, uh, flight tickets were 300 quid. So I was like, right. Spoke to my mate who went to the Burnham last year and he was like, well, what I did the, the, the day before, <laughs> I went down to like 100 quid and I was like, I'll do that then. I was monitoring it, monitoring it, and then went up to like 400 quid for a flight. I was like, yeah, it's kind of backfired. I'll wait for the knockout stages for my Euro away. That, as much as I um, understand the logic there, I don't have the heart for that to not know my plans the the, night before. Your nerves will be shot. I need to know, like, give me a good month. I had my bag, I had my bag packed and my passport ready and I was like flicking That's down it, and it got to like 1 a.m. I was like, oh, I should just go to bed. This isn't happening. I had to unpack the suitcase and all sorts. That's heartbreaking stuff. Yeah. Though. yeah. This rain is that bad. You may actually hear it. It's some like ambient noise mm. on the podcast here. It was it's, me, it's not me or Jack crying. It's yeah. just, it is the rain. But yeah. But, and then moving from that, you know, fast forward to Salzburg, brilliant game. Um, First half we played brilliantly. Second half we just got found out defensively, which we which then leads us on to Brighton, where I watched the first six minutes on a dodgy stream in the car on the way well, home. Can I talk to you about the lineup first? Because Go for yeah. that, yeah. The Villa one, by the way, just how you said that. I think I text you. I text someone else saying, "Why can't any of these Chelsea disaster classes be on TV?" 
like the games where you've lost this season and lost the more embarrassing ones they've not been on TV oh, I remember Leeds being Chelsea on Brighton would have been yeah yeah <laughs> that, Chelsea that, Brighton would have been a, would have been a nice one to be fair but um, it's just always the way um, we got Fulham Everton instead which was who makes that decision 15 minutes in people are like this is a fun game because both teams weren't just camped beyond the ball and then about 45 minutes in it was like both teams would be very happy with a point here I love Sinners I only tuned in right at the end and then watching Kelly Cates and then figure out what are we going to talk about here is always fantastic if there's one thing that Frank has taken from Gerard, it's um the walk down the camera just like <laughs> looking cool strutting strutting through the stadium um, so Kepa started in goal Cucurella at left centre back Thiago Silva and Chalaba alongside Sterling and Captain America as wing backs NFL coverage by the way yes I don't know if you saw this I know they're big on Pulisic they are really big on Pulisic it's like the World Cup is coming soon three weeks Pulisic will lead America into the World Cup like they got it, though, aren't they, really? I mean, yeah. He's got, they need a poster boy. I mean, do they not see this? I, I've said plenty of times... The LeBron that, James of soccer. Um, he will lure you into thinking that he's going to going to be decent with a few sub-appearances where he tries really hard. <laughs> Did it early doors on. And then there. he starts, and then he's absolutely shite. I've been <laughs> duped by him, I'll be honest. Yeah. I've a few times. You know what, he's actually, as a player... You're one of the teams yeah. he turned up against. No, if, if yeah. you remember... Yeah. Uh, was, that was a game where Frank did it, giving it the... Big one yeah. now, aren't you? Yeah. One, one, one league title and you're giving it a big and it's a Frank. If only you knew what was coming. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I was trying to bang on in. It was, yeah. it was unfortunate time in that yeah. day. I think, I, I look at Pulisic and I just think, there is something there, obviously, because he can play football sometimes. <laughs> but then all the stuff he does around when he's good isn't good. It's just diabolical to see. And when you play your two most attacking players at wing back that's that's the I, issue there I think so, that may be where Luke was so, going with yeah. his, uh, something I, something I, I would say with um, Pulisic and I'm, I texted you the other day and I just randomly remembered Andre Schürrle <laughs> now you said that you thought he'd underwhelmed slightly but was better than probably what you have now so I looked to, to see his goal record before he came and he pretty much stayed consistent and delivered with what he was before he's like a goal every three four games yeah. Pulisic is another one where when and I don't think any of us are watching him consistently at Dortmund, but from a from a pure kind of analytical perspective, he's not doing too much differently in terms of the numbers he's putting up that he was in a Dortmund shirt. Like Chelsea weren't buying a guy that was going to come on from the wing and bank he should be 20. getting better, though, shouldn't he? Yeah, they didn't buy I mean, him for right because he spent decent money on him. Yeah. That's why I go mean. right. You stay the same. Mm. Which shirt wasn't what probably about half the prices. Yeah, no, I just mean in terms of like it, it wasn't one where you're buying. So, Darwin Nunes, and we're gonna we're gonna get on to him. But feels, you're buying you're buying, you're buying him because you've seen the goals he's put up there, and so you're expecting him to carry that over. Yeah, I we, don't know. We, I think, think giving Pulisic a bit of a pass. I mean, that's the Timo Werner like kind of test that you've got. Maybe to that's a better example. Yeah. Yeah, that's a better example. Thirty goal a season. So. I, I probably benefit from Pulisic that I was adamant. I haven't really not seen much of him that he was actually shit but because he was American they were just building him up yeah. and then when he gained shares I thought actually he's obviously a better, technically a better player than I thought mm. um, and then he's then since done what he's I done which probably think it and then you see Chelsea buy them and it, whereas Jack feels the opposite it kind of feels like <laughs> yeah. okay yeah. well they're going to get this one right <laughs> oh no this is a nightmare no, no ge- genuinely I don't get excited about transfers anymore because <laughs> I'm convinced we could sign Messi 
And he would just turn to complete shit when he puts on the, the blue shirt of Chelsea. Just mentioned Darwin again, and that song is just straight back <laughs> yeah. in my head. Um, so you had Kovacic and Loftus-Cheek in the middle, Mountain Gallagher behind Havertz. So the bench, you had Chilwell, Jorginho, Abamian, Broher, Zakaria, Ziyech, Amari Hutchinson, first appearance on the bench, and Azpilicueta there too. Now, I thought if you compare this with Brighton and you can quite literally see the importance of profile as it pertains to position rather than if you were doing FIFA and you're going down the ratings and you just get, I want to get all my 80 plus rated players on the pitch rather than, okay, this guy is actually my best left back. This is my best centre back. It's, it's strange and it does show how important a clear identity is. And it just does kind of underline again how crazy it was to spend all that money for Tuchel on all of these players, we were saying how great these fit into his system to then go, actually, you know what? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's crazy. And you could tell how the game was going to go from, from the first five minutes. And I was watching, like I said, watching it on the way home on my phone. And it was a really dodgy stream where it wasn't fluid. It would like break up with like pixel men. I don't think you've compromised yourself enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just blank out dodgy. Just put stream <laughs> for me. Um, but in the first five minutes, Thiago Silva is giving the ball away straight to attacker, cleared it off the line brilliantly, and then from the corner, clears it off the line brilliantly again, which I, I don't know how he's got his head to both of them. I, I texted you after you told me about this and said, the way this game's going, that might not actually make the highlights, and it's horrible when you hear about these things. That didn't make that much of the day highlights. Did it not? No. <laughs> Fucking hell. Which I guess does happen when there's five goals in a game and yeah. four of them are for Brighton. And you don't focus so much on the ones they missed. No, of course, but they were brilliant. And um, I was like, just consistent pressure. And we looked so shit, just like we had been for the majority of our Premier League games for the last four weeks. And I was like, this is the day that we get a pump. And I said to Byron, we are getting pumped today because <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then my sc- the stream comes back on and then someone's rounding Kepa and I'm like, fuck's sake, <laughs> already? So we've had two cleared off the line and a goal in the first five minutes. That that defending, I texted you last night when I was watching the highlights, fuck me. Like, it's so I know Trossard has got tricky feet and the, he's hitting levels that we've not really seen him reach before over a consistent stretch. They're, I know you don't want to touch someone like that in the box, but you can still, you can give them a bit of something yeah. in Chelsea. I, I, I don't know. It was just haphazard. Now, you're obviously closer to it. I was going to ask TK, what atmosphere, if I'd asked you on Friday, what atmosphere do you think Cucurella and Graham Potter are going to get at the Amex? Mm. Because both seemed like they could not believe the atmosphere that they received. Yeah, Potter seemed genuinely hurt, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I if you'd asked me, I would have said Cucurella will probably get a bit of a hammering. And Potter, I thought we'd get a fairly mild reception. I was a bit surprised at the level of it, only in that he obviously did a good job there, and I don't think he left them in bad circumstances, and it's not really like a move where you go, I can't understand the move. Yeah. It's a, it's quite a clear upward move. Sometimes when I manage to move you that's kind of if I was that fan, maybe I think that was a sideways step and I'd go, Well, why are you doing that? This one, I'm like, well, this is pretty obvious. Yeah. I don't, I didn't quite get it. And the thing is, as well, <clears throat> with with Brighton, I mean, they try and engineer this rivalry with Crystal Palace. Maybe they just want someone to hate. Yeah, maybe, there is there's that. There's just not enough teams near them well, for them to actually have it, this animosity 
like organically too. They, they need to engineer it somehow. It's their biggest attendance of the season so far. <laughs> Fair enough then. That's it yeah. was it was packed in, and they say from the second they left the tunnel, they were just giving it. And Cucurella, any time he got near the ball, they were giving it. And maybe we're just making assumptions here. He doesn't portray um, the image of I can see through this and I can be hard nosed and I can do it in in the sense that and this may be bad timing again. I feel like. Van Dyke could have gone back to Southampton and they could have battered him and him not he would not have cared a bit. They did tend to, I think. Maybe we're just doing, it's just one's a big burly centre-back and one doesn't look like a big burly centre-back. But Cucurella... I mean, he didn't. So I mean, no. you, you, your evidence is pretty pretty clear. So, so this week marks three months since he completed the move to Chelsea, but obviously very little to celebrate so far. 56 million initial fee with an additional 7 million that can come. Not if you keep playing like you do, you might save 7 million. As a perk. Yeah. yeah. So Silver lining I was looking for, thanks. He he was part of the team that lost at Southampton and Leeds. Um, he was substituted at halftime against Villa after 36 minutes against Man United. And for an hour he's battered by the Brighton fans until Graham Potter gives him some mercy Says and no does, does the same again. The the abuse, I guess, if you get off to a fast start and you go 1-0 up, then he can probably put it to one side. Yeah. The fact that after five minutes, and it's not one where he's belting it in from range, he has made the defence look quite foolish. His defensive output, according to uh, who scored, I think, yeah, who scored? No tackles, no interceptions and just one clearance. Jeez. It's the fourth time in his last five starts that Potter's taken him off early. And maybe you could question the positioning. I took a look back to see if he'd played at centre-back for Graham Potter before. He played there nine times for Graham Potter last season. Um, some of them were when he was shifting things around. There was a phase where he tried bringing Lamptey back in and then couldn't really make it work. But he had some... Very good results there. So it's not like he can't do it. He had three draws, including one against Chelsea. Four wins against Arsenal, Spurs, United and Wolves at centre-back. And he, if you remember, he scored against United and they were going mm. nuts. Um, and the losses were against Man City and Villa. Four clean sheets in those games. The difference is he had Trossard in front of him for the most part. And if you can, he had Sterling in front of him on Saturday. And if you look the numbers for last season and for this season, Trossard covers more distance. He made more tackles, more headers, more interceptions. And if you check the heat maps of when Cucurella has been there at left centre back and the two in front of him, Trossard kept a far uh, more pure positioning in terms of. <clears throat> I have to defend this guy behind me. Basuma did a good job. He was on that side as well. Even just intense sprints, Trossard makes almost double more than Sterling. And I've taken that from both seasons, so it's not just he was playing in a Man City team. Yeah. He's obviously not having the best of times, but as you said, when it comes to the lineup, perhaps when things aren't going your way, you do need to have a look around and say... Mm. I, I, I think... I, I look at... The Graham Potter situation where he's trying new things. I mean, he's 10 games in now. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the issue that, you've, that we've got is you look at 
the United game, you look at the Brighton game, you look at the Brentford game somewhat, and definitely look at the Villa game. The reason why he's being subbed at these times is because he's the fall guy. In, he, yes, he's not playing well, and he's being shown up, but he is the fall guy in this because Potter's got it wrong, in my opinion, because we looked, when we put three midfield against United, we look a different team, and we were, we, it was much that more... That was the most glaring one. Yeah, wasn't it? it was much more balanced. We're, and the same with Brighton. I don't understand why thinking, going back to your old team, <clears throat> you should start with two centre-backs on the pitch, full start. What? I think, the, and, that, and that's the issue because, like you said, it's not just how attacking those players are, it's the amount of cover they give the defenders. We looked so haphazard because if you look at Kukurea, I imagine the system, like you said, with Trossard, does allow him that little bit of wiggle room where he can make a mistake and he's got a bit of cover. Whereas you make a mistake in a Chelsea team, we saw it, Targa Silva's first game against West Brom. If you make a mistake, it's, it could be a goal because we play so high and we trust our defenders the three true defenders to just do the job for us and hope that they don't score and to and allow us to give us better get kind of ball position moving up the pitch and I totally get that but when we haven't been playing particularly well just we got Ben Chilwell on the bench just stick him yeah. at left back and that I mean that's an odd part and, and you don't that's need really and that's it and you don't need to play Conor Gallagher at front yes he's playing well at the moment but I'm sure he'll understand that <laughs> yeah. right for the system for this yeah, game Sterling's played behind the striker plenty of times exactly I don't, that doesn't make any sense because again he gets a good opportunity at 2-0 down should have scored it decent save by the keeper but soccer guys fucking <laughs> follow up <laughs> That's and it strikes me of the miss he made against Liverpool in the FA Cup final, where you literally you're six yards out, you can't really miss. Arsenal in the FA Cup final. Yeah. And he scored against Arsenal. Oh, you, oh yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Pulisic. I mean, sorry. sorry flashbacks. Um, yeah, um, just wanted just any opportunity to bring yeah. that up. Is it? <laughs> and, we know it happened, right? Yeah. And not to rehash the discourse that has applied to another footballer in the league. Cucurella's five foot eight. I. He's not a centre-back. I don't understand. <laughs> no, I mean, look, no. Graham Potter's been really unlucky with injuries as well, with Fafana, Koulibaly and Rhys James all, all going. I don't think this is the room to be having those uh, conversations. No of, <laughs> of, of, no, of course not. But when your entire defence is pretty much out again, and Rhys James is out again, and it, it's almost like a direct correlation of last season where we played our best football that I've ever seen this play under Tuchel. Both Chilwell and James get injured, and then but for Fana, to be fair, he'd only just come back from this long-term injury, and then Chelsea have just gone. Well, we'll just bank on it, not happen again. Yeah. I was amazed that didn't seem to be being spoken about that much, and yeah. I was like, for that sum of money, usually that is, is uh, usually, yeah, yeah. So you bring up an injury, some Harland. We were in about injuries from myself included. From oh, well, he had a hamstring here. He had a hamstring yeah, there. yeah, he was out for two weeks. Obviously, yeah. So I, th- I think he's struggling to try and find a solution to this where. He's got. I wonder some of it. He's like overthinking as well. Yeah. Because if you like play, not always possible with some of the situation as you said. But sometimes play your best players in their best positions and try and figure out the rest. Yeah. Like trying to force Sterling into a certain hole or whatever, not going to help in his current situation. And what I don't get as well with this, the way that we're playing under Potter, we play better with three in midfield because we dominate that midfield. When we don't play with three in midfield, and that makes it even more interesting that he left out Jorginho because. I'm not a massive fan of his athleticism and his ability to completely control and dictate a midfield. But the one thing he does give is ball retention. He shows for the defence to take the ball and travel and act as that pivot between the two. And to not play him in this game when you're already playing players out of position and you need a cool head just to keep hold of the ball, 
that seems really odd. You would have thought Potter would have loved him as well. Yeah. For that very reason. Even right down to the goalkeeper, is there a possibility that this is the first big job he's had? Is it fair to say maybe he's just picking the biggest characters, like he's trying to get the big characters? Because right down to the goalkeeper, yeah, it just seems I mean, almost almost all of the most brash people in your squad. I mean, but then you can't keep everyone happy. If you're looking, I said Georgina is one of the more brash as well. Yeah, if you're looking at characters, I wouldn't really put Havertz, Kukurea, and things like that. Can, can, I mean, the ba- they, 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 is bitch for that reason, doesn't yeah. he? He said, "I can bully you a bit." Exactly. Yang, to be yeah. So, in the defensively, I don't think you have that many options. Is no. probably. Yeah. Chilwell may even be a better option. I was going to say, I would play Chilwell there. <laughs> if you said, look, I've got two here, one of them's going to have to go as the third centre-back and one's going to have to go as the wing-back, I would put Chilwell as the centre-back and Kukurea as the wing-back myself. I mean, wh- what I would say about this whole scenario... If you have to. This whole, yeah, this whole scenario is, we play better with three midfield anyway. If you've got two fit centre-backs, play four <laughs> at the back. Yeah, yeah. Don't start playing attacking strikers in wing-back positions when you know they're not going to give cover. So, Especially when that was a big part of probably what ended up fucking too cool by the yeah. end. It was his commitment to overly doing that. Yeah. And it was like, maybe change that a bit because... And like, it's all right if you're doing one. So like, if you can have... Like your Ben Chilwell is your left wing-back and you've got Pulisic as your right wing-back and you can filter into a four if Pulisic does push forward up into the, forward up into the pitch... But to have two, it just seems a bit kamikaze, you know? <laughs> and it was shown completely in how open we've been against not only Brighton, but Salzburg, how many chances we've given Brentford and the rest of them. So Potter said, when he was interviewed by Thomas Frank, actually, at the Brentford game, he said, we don't really see the formation as the end goal. We see how the teams play and the team needs to look consistent regardless of the formation. And then it's about the personnel, how you want to attack the opponent, how you want to defend the opponent, those things we consider Hopefully there are things that can look the same even though the formation changes. He says he wants his players to be comfortable switching roles and structures often within matches and are able to think for themselves within the team concept. Now, it's a long-term goal. I'm sure that's lovely, yeah. but at the minute, maybe try and win some games. Also, it's also a little bit like uh, we're just not putting a label on it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're together. No, 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 we're not. We're not, Do you not think we're when not you together. have, say... Um, I keep going back to our examples, but it's a bit easier to tell Granite Xhaka, go 10 yards forward and you're going to do this than it is to say to Sterling, we're being adaptable, you're going from here and now you're defending. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. the entire like, the entire thing that you're judged on in that position is just, just completely flipped. I think we've seen wing-backs in recent times and TK will have heard it countless times with Trent where it's, okay, well, if he's just so good attacking, just put him as a wing-back and you won't have to yeah. defend. And it's not, quite as simple as that you yeah. do still have a certain level of responsibility and ultimately the numbers you're conceded is still what you're judged for against the numbers that you're scoring at the other end like if Sterling maybe if he was putting up Trent like numbers from right wing back which we're not expecting him to do then we'd say okay this pays off but to come straight in he doesn't strike me as a player that you can also get this out of I think no. When you have, say, uh, Conor Gallagher would be a great example. Conor Gallagher, if you said to him, or Loftus-Cheek, I guess is a great example. Loftus-Cheek, he was playing right wing back earlier in the season. And if you interviewed him after the game, he'd say, well, look, I'll play wherever the manager wants me to play. I'll do whatever the manager wants me to do. If he wants me to play right wing back, I'll do it. Sterling was playing anyway. So it's not quite the same when, you, when you're when you saying, I'll do whatever the manager wants me to do. And has been playing as a winger for Man City. Yeah. <laughs> winning stuff. But, but this is it. This is what I was just about to say is, 
he's been playing for a team where he's been camped in the opposition's 18-yard box for the last five years. And before that, he's playing for Liverpool, who pretty much the same thing. Um, right? They weren't asking the same thing to And do. it kind of went wrong when Brendan was really just guessing it by the end. He started playing in wing-back. Yeah. And that, that didn't go well yeah. right for anybody. So. so what I don't get as well is when you're told to kind of trust the process and you can't tell me that the process... He, what he looks like, his vision for the next five years is to be playing Pulisic in Sterling at Wimbach. And I know that it's what he had to do, but Ruben Loftus-Cheek has played there before. I know there's a conundrum because he wants him in the middle because he does drive on the midfield quite quite well. But for one game, where, yeah, you, you, where, you're, what you got. where you're struggling, Jorginho in midfield, Ruben at right wing-back, Chilwell at left wing-back, that just already seems a bit more solid. And then you just then adapt within the game to see what you need if you need to be a bit more offensive. Well, but at least you don't concede three goals before half-time. Yeah. Well, the move is on slightly just so we can get to Liverpool as well. So Potter being criticised for a number of things, we've covered some of them. I actually think this is the most ridiculous time to criticise Potter in that what you've seen on Saturday are the fruits of his labour if he is given the time to build a team. And so you're kind of, on the one hand, it's like, okay, it's not going well now, but it's also you can look and go, but this is what we could have. Arsenal being the yardstick of that exact conversation. Yeah. We'll, how we'll, bad you would have we'll, you were last season. We'll, we'll do that at the end because I do think a lot of shit managers are going to be given more time on the basis of, well, Arteta was given time. and Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a weird um, spot. This is going to take multiple windows. Do, does he now, are you settled on saying he prefers Havertz to Aubameyang? I don't think he prefers anyone. I, I think we haven't got a clear number nine that is on the team sheet every week. It's kind of like... Aubameyang is starting Sunday, isn't he? If, yeah. if you're a manager, you yeah. have to do that. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, if a chance falls to someone, I want it to fall into Aubameyang more than Havertz. Mm. Salzburg did not prove me right in that <laughs> at all. Yeah. But nine times out of ten, I'd prefer that. So... Um, sorry. No, I was just going to say, just going back to your point of this is what it could look like with the Brighton scenario. What I don't get is Chelsea fans thinking anything else would happen. I mean, it took them three years to get Brighton looking good. And the difference is as well, the the jeopardy is so much higher because a few lost games at Brighton means you might finish 12th instead of 10th. A few lost games at Chelsea means you might not finish in European football. We did it on here. If you remember, they had a horrible start to the season last season and they ended up with their best ever finish. But there was a moment on the pitch where they were being booed mm. and he said to the Sky cameras, uh, unless I'm missing something, Brighton should probably remember where they were not so long back. Yeah, and he yeah, basically yeah. was telling them, you need me more than I need yeah. you. And they turn it around wonderfully, obviously. I do remember thinking that is one of the more disgraceful things I've seen from fans. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. How do you think you are? I, th- I think that's why, I mean, I take everything Brighton fans do with a pinch of salt because of just things like that and this engineered M25 derby. Like, <laughs> just got beef for Brighton fans. I didn't know people had beef for Brighton. Maybe I'm engineering it myself. Yeah. <laughs> you He's, know what? They've got a guy now to go at, right? Yeah. He, at he, Jack J. Harper. He says... <laughs> Chelsea need to go through pain to see long-term progress. He said, if you think the line is going to go straight up is impossible. The team you see out there for Brighton wasn't the team that was there three years ago. There is a process of pain you have to go through. And if that isn't the way, then I don't know another way. See, the problem with this, right, is that we are an engineered team of, we can win a Premier League and then we can finish 10th. So we get someone else who can win the Premier League because we've got the tools to do it. I don't think we have the players that have the patience to go through a three-year um, 
project. I mean, I look at Havertz, I look at Sterling. I mean, Aubameyang's probably off anyway, but I look at these players and I think they're not going to stick around for us finishing sixth, seventh and not having European football for a couple of years. I have got some nerve if that's so. But uh, do they listen to this manager who, for all we think he's a good coach, whatever, hasn't won anything. He doesn't have the pedigree. So he can tell what some of these Brighton players do this, do that, and they'll buy into it. Mm. Will Raheem Sterling, who's worked with Pep, and doesn't like being told what to do by Graham Potter now. I'm not saying they're going to keep up first, but even just if you're just slightly going, oh, I'm not, I'm not what, sure about that. I do that. It's I do not that the same my, as. I mean, I do that in my own job when someone else comes in. I'm like, yeah, I know this better than you. Shut yeah. up. I, I was saying um, when there was all the the fuss with Arteta, I remember I would constantly come on here and I would say, he's not losing the players. Like the players hmm. could not be more complimentary of the work that he was doing with on the trading field. And I guess that's where things will be won or lost for him is if he is and every other player that he's coached has spoken about how intensely detailed he is in getting the best out of them and it's just if they're prepared to listen I do think there's that a lot Chelsea of players dressing room a different dressing room to the Arsenal that's what, yeah. that's what I mean there's like you've brought in players young players that are moldable um, he's also being judged now for a window that he had no part in no there is that mm. and he's being judged because it was an expensive window which again he, he had no part in I, I get it I do get that, but well, I mean, with that in mind, though, he's got a, more of a head start than he had Brighton. Yeah, for all we want to say, it took him this long, but he's got far better Fair, sort yeah. of foundations to build. Th- th- this Chelsea. is this is exactly it. You can't come out of. I mean, if you look at our last four windows since COVID, and we spent five hundred mil <laughs> upwards of, you can't come out and say, "Right, well, we're going to need rebuilding." We, we should have the tools that most managers would be crying out for the players in that team. But you're right. Arsenal is a completely different kettle of fish because you've got such a young team whereas you've got like you said you alluded to it yourself with Sterling being the age he is he's 28 he's been around the block he's won everything apart from the Champions League um, <laughs> is he going to take direction from Graham Potter same with Aubameyang he's probably there just for a payday because oh, that's, yeah, that's all sure. he's not there because he wants to play he, for Chelsea I don't know if you saw the clips of him after the game no I haven't yeah don't don't google it don't search his name what, what happens he's having a good old party with his brother <sighs> yeah I, I, I've I know, I kind of knew the baggage that came with him. As long as he yeah. does it, the talk of the Arsenal the weekend. I yeah. actually don't who, care. Because he'll yeah, be, as soon as, be we, worth it. as soon as we find someone better, when he belly flops he'll be in front off. of Arteta. <laughs> um, the last thing before we go on to Liverpool. So Chelsea have now confirmed the appointment of Joe Shields as co-director of recruitment talent. Uh, they have confirmed Lawrence Stewart as the club's new technical director. They're bringing in Paul Wynn Stanley from Brighton as another director of football. Christopher Vivelli is coming in as some kind of technical director from Leipzig. He's bringing in someone else whose name is escaping me. They said, we're assembling a deep and collaborative management team who are eager to build a continued sustained winner at Chelsea. Um, Is there something in the... Graham Potter may be one of the few managers that's prepared to work with this many cooks in the background. I was just about to say. Because United tried this in 2012, I'm going to say, where before you ended up with Ed Woodward, they tried doing that. Well, let's get all of the best people and we're just going to get them all in one room and it can't go wrong. And Arsenal tried it as well with um, Ralph Sanyehi and um, Sven Mislintat. And it was, okay, this guy's got all the contacts, this guy knows all the scouting, 
it can't lose. And all you got was his power struggle, which somehow Eddie ended up on top of. <laughs> that is um, remarkable. But How's the card stuff? That? How's he ended we'll, up here? We'll see. I think you'll probably get some interesting targets out of it. But what you may find is um, if Joe Shields says, well, this is my guy. I found it. I saw it in Man City. And then this other guy says, well, this is the guy in Europe and he's 10 million cheaper and he's the guy who's going to take over. Maybe Chelsea just buy all of them. The thing is, or maybe <laughs> yeah, it yeah. just goes horribly wrong. There is that, but I, there is, if you throw enough money at something, Man United being not the, the kind of anomaly to this, to this equation, usually when it comes to football, if you throw enough money at something, it works. And if it doesn't work, if you're willing to invest that much money, you don't care if it doesn't work because you find something else that does. And as long as this continues... What I don't want to get down the road is five years down the road and they've chucked so much money into it. You've got Nicholas Pepe. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not got any better and they lose interest and they stop investing and we're stuck with all these players on a massive wages. Like Sterling, he's on a five-year deal. Yeah. He, he'll be 33 by the end of his contract and he's probably one of our highest paid players. The less about he, that Lukaku contract, the better. But um, let's... I, 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 can, I genuinely think there's... Because he's not in favour of Inter and Inter. He's coming back, baby. Inter are not going I to buy him I think you'll give him moment. a knock-off knock very cheap loan. But I, let's, let's go on to Liverpool. The first so. two times are so nice, they just had to do it thrice. <laughs> yeah. um, Trent Alexander-Arnold has admitted that something's not going right with Liverpool after that. Nothing second. gets past him, <laughs> other than, you know, wingers. Second <laughs> loss in a row. Um, Klopp's side fell to a last-minute 2-1 defeat at Leeds. Um after losing to Nottingham Forest 1-0 the week before. Tough team to beat, by the way. Um, Trent told LiverpoolFC.com, I'd say we all believe in ourselves. We believe in the way we play, the squad and what we can achieve. But I think when you do get setbacks, it can potentially make you second-guess yourself and question things. Clearly, as a team, something's not going right. It's not going as well as we want it to go. That's something for everyone to think about, for everyone to address and make sure we put it right, especially next week against Spurs, our top four rivals. We kind of need to go there and get some points if we've got any chance of reaching our aims and aspirations for the season. Say kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so we got- I mean, it's a dangerous one. Um, Gabriel Jesus on uh, Thursday said, I guarantee you I will be scoring against Nottingham Forest. You I took him at his word. Yeah. Captain did. <laughs> you don't want to put these guarantees out there. Um, so following the, lo- so following the high of beating Man City, those back-to-back defeats... Forest hadn't won in 10 games. Leeds hadn't won in eight. Liverpool have taken just 16 points out of a possible 36, the same number they had after 12 games during Roy Hodgson's reign in 2010-2011. And I told you then the man deserved more time. <laughs> I'm so sick of you. I think the first place to start, TK, is the midfield. Now, it's easy to lay the blame at Trent's feet every week. It's incredibly easy to do that. And I don't think either of those were particularly good, by the way. But Liverpool's midfield is a problem. Um, Jesse Marsh's team collectively ran 11 kilometres more than Klopp's side. And that statistic alone, I guess, points to some issues you've got. If that was an isolated stat, you'd be right. But that's almost every game now as well. This is happening. Yeah, when a team is able to come to Anfield and not necessarily with possession but are able to kind of dictate the tempo of the game that tells you the midfield aren't doing the job that they should be doing and it's a job that Liverpool's midfield were doing in 2019 winning the Champions League or a year later lifting the Premier League you've now got 
Henderson, 32, Milner, 36, Oxlade-Chamberlain, only 29, who were no longer able to provide consistently. The less said about Arthur Mello, the better, who Klopp confirmed he will not be getting rid of in January. Naby Keita, we all know our thoughts on him, 27 years old, contract expires at the end of next season, I believe, linked with us. End of this season, I think. Yeah, and Fabinho is 29, and he was supposedly the one guy that you could rely on and it turns out he's not the guy you can And for some on. reason, after the game this weekend, Twitter was just telling me he's not actually 29. That's what the issue is. Yeah. Because they got a picture of him when he was at Real Madrid with a fucking terrible hairline. So like, well, he was not obviously 19 here. Look at that well, hair. Well, no, this, this, this is... <laughs> oh, so he must be 40. This is a thing in the Spanish media where there is a thing, supposedly on Goma FIFA, where... Yeah, yeah. And look... South American players with some questionable ages is not... You, players have been seen, banned for this recently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've seen it with uh, plenty of South American and African countries, but at the same time, just saying it because they're from one of these countries is tricky. I thought the most interesting thing was, for so often, if, if we went back two years ago, and I think even Jack would have been saying similar, Liverpool, we were praising them for being a step ahead in the market. And the most clear example I can remember in recent memory was, well, look, it looks like Mane Osala is going to be off and they've got in Jota and Diaz ready as replacements. So you don't have this process of having to bed them in. You've, you've now got a problem where it's not just one player that needs replacing in your midfield. It's not even two that need replacing in the midfield. Like It's a whole new midfield. And I'm still seeing Liverpool fans tweet Jude Bellingham's name. Yeah, no, that's... Uh... You can buy, like, three midfielders for the price that he's going to cost. That needs to be put somewhere way, way, way away. Not even that. He's not going to want to come if we're potentially <laughs> not in the Champions League. And the, the provision seems to be like he's not going to have every other team offering it. But like, they've gone like, well, City don't need him. Like, when does City yeah. do what they need? They need it's what they want. Phillips. And and by the way, and Marco has started talking about him in Spain... And when they start talking about it, it's because yeah. Madrid are going to get him. So there's a feeling there that they're pretty confident they're going to get him. Now, obviously, it is a collaborative effort. If I was to say to you, you've got to place the blame for Liverpool's recent issues at the heart of the defence, the midfield, the attack, I assume we're not putting it on Alisson. I think he's safe. He's been one of the beneficiaries of this, hasn't he? <laughs> Just makes worldy save after worldy save. Like, well, I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> would it be the midfield or would you place the blame elsewhere? Yeah, it would be the midfield. And they were. It's been a weird thing over the last few weeks of almost like a collective awakening to, oh, the midfield's in bits because the defence was getting all sorts of a stick. Obviously, Trent was getting a fair bit. And I know it's. I know there's a good reason why people do it, but Van Dyke obviously was doing. I think he's, the last, he's next. Yeah, <laughs> over the last few weeks, I think he's been sound, he's been fine. Um, individually but as a collective we obviously haven't been good defensively but so often it's that we're too easy to play through you can play for the midfield and it doesn't matter who you've got as a back four if you've got no midfield really in front of you they're in huge trouble well, and when you do then have Joe Gomez and Trent Blenders whichever you're certainly going to be in trouble Carragher was I think yesterday quoting some uh, excerpts from Pep Linder's book which oh god there's an, maybe that's where the blame goes yeah and yeah, yeah. he's got a big thing in this book where it's written as a positive that we will not accept anything but the option that we want. And this is what Liverpool do. We take option A because we want option A and we're Liverpool and we should be able to get option A. And he was saying, I have to think Salah or Mane probably weren't option A at the time when you looked they down weren't. the list. No. And now that's that's arrogant. You can't go like that no. in the market. And Spurs are having the same issue. We're not going to talk about Spurs today, but... 
they Conte and their fans were basically doing well. We wanted Bastoni, and it's so we couldn't get Bastoni, so we had to get Longley. And it's like there's there's an in between. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Arsenal couldn't get um, Little Sandro, so they got Zinchenko, and that's not bad. Different that's degrees bad, of success, yeah. but it's not. There's so many players out there that even if you can't do the best job, not everyone can do. We're not going to replace Aguero now because we can get Haaland a year later. Yeah, and very few teams. Your points in yeah, between. very yeah. few teams can do that. Mm. I don't know what it is with the Liverpool, but even just when you look at Leeds midfield, Mark Rocker was in there for ten million and he controlled the midfield. Mm. Yeah, and I'm not saying Liverpool wouldn't have got him for ten million either. No, but no, no. There's more that can be done out there, and to what degree does Klopp get the blame for not? Sticking it on the owners more, I don't know how available your owners are even to do that. But Stan Kroenke was never involved at Arsenal. I think Arteta, Eddie, whoever, had to almost force him to be involved. You have to appeal in some way and say, well, we're going to get more money because we can do this. Because if you don't get that Champions League money, yeah. then they're going to wake up. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, look, he's obviously got the cachet that he can throw his weight around, can't he? So, and I think, we ended up in a difficult spot where I think he was a little um, relaxed about the midfield situation initially. I think at some point, summer, and then even right at the start of the season, realised, no, this is a problem. I think quite publicly he says, <laughs> I would want, I would go for more and I would, I'd, I'd be more adventurous, I think it was his words. Um, it, but it's difficult. But then he always sort of caveats it with, but look, I know I've got to work within the framework or whatever, where you think another manager would kick off a bit more which is, is a weird thing for him considering he's never far from a moan in a press conference you'd think he'd go for the owners a bit more than he does so uh, yeah he's he's obviously partly culpable for it um, but, I think, but it's different I, I was about to say but the owners are to blame but I guess if you're not getting pushed maybe you don't maybe you wouldn't cough up your money I don't know at the Van Dyke scenario may be working against them a little bit here because they were proved right by waiting because they were going yes, through that yeah. horrible leaky stage of leaking goals and they were like, right, we are buying Van Dyke and no one else. And got Co- roundly praised for that. Yeah, yeah, For going, right, we're going to stick with this guy yeah. and not, you know, compromise. And that's the thing. And maybe they thought, right, that's the way. But you also fall now? in love with being a team that like, does the good business as well. Yeah. And, and I wonder if... No one can have runs. as many hits as you had in the Th- last This is it. Years. You've got to accept that, well, that you're not going to have a home run every time. Klopp but we seem want- to constantly want it. It's like, yeah. Well, you, you have been. That's, yeah, what yeah. been. that's what you've been used to. So yeah. as soon as you get... I mean, Darwin Nunes. I, mean, I don't know if you can come on to him later. I'm sure we'll answer, come on yeah. to Darwin. But he's not pulling up Timo Werner's style numbers. He's He just looks bad at the moment. So, but, the he's not, but he's still yeah. contributing in a way. So, yeah, it, it is. It's, but we're, we've we been hitting sixes constantly. But every now and again, you've got to hit a couple of singles whatever, haven't you? Yeah. We're just even... No, no. We're just not swinging for it or we're, we're absolutely going for it. And you may have just quoted this so probably a bit. Klopp, his big thing, wasn't he, that he'd like you to take more risks. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Um, as all managers would, I'm sure, though, is, yeah. the, is the thing. And I think part of the difference in what Jack's just said with Van Dyke, and I, I keep using us as a comparison, just because I'm close to it, but we're... Hey, enjoy we're, yourself. We're, we're, at least, we're at least, as far as we know, and maybe by the end of it, we aren't yet at that stage where we're supposed to be competing. And so you weren't at the stage where you got Van Dyke. So you almost have more time to be patient until you're at the stage and then when you're at the stage it's about maintaining it for as long as you possibly can and I guess now that's the decision you have to make internally is are we at the maintaining stage or are we at the we go again 
stage. And I don't think you went into this season thinking you were at the we go against stage. I think it was that we did so well this we can maintain the level. And even just a lot of your fans reveled in the issues that Wijnaldum's had since leaving there because there's been this whole thing. He went for the money, he went for the money. We're seeing just the difference of just that one extra pair of legs, I guess, is the most simple way to do it. I was saying this as a... It seemed like I was, I don't know, almost being grumpy in a way, but when there was a time period where we were being linked, obviously, with Thiago, and the fans were really just baying for it, to the point where they were like, saying, oh, if Genie's got to fuck off, he can fuck yeah, off. Yeah, you were quite negative about the Thiago when pre-signing. And, and I said, like, look, I'm not denying that one is a technically far superior player than the other, but if you've ever watched us play, mm. this guy who does all this unfashionable work is much more integral than this guy who's going to play probably half the games he will play as well, by the way, because Ronaldo played every game. And get just get through the work. It's not pretty. It doesn't look like what you think it is. It doesn't look like it does on FIFA on Football Manager, mm. but this is a reality. Mm. And you also need- you'll, you'll end up being costed by it. Now, Thiago's actually been better than I thought as well. I actually thought he was really good at the weekend. He was kind of a bit of a man on an island. Um, he, he was, was getting any help. Against, he was like that against us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually think he's been sound and does a lot more of the dirty work than I thought. But his lack of availability at times or whatever does hurt us. You need... Sometimes you don't get the proper Thiago without the one Aldum next to it. And at an extreme level... Yeah. And even, even though I said Thiago does the dirty work better than I thought, he still can't do what Genie does because no. he just hasn't got the legs to do that. It's just It was like Iniesta and Xavi couldn't do what they did without Busquets yeah, yeah, in, in behind sort of different levels here yeah, we're talking yeah, yeah. about. But one directly impacts the other. Now, Van Dijk came under some criticism, as he usually does when Liverpool concede. Now, <laughs> I saw some stats doing the rounds on Twitter. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Last season, how many tackles do you reckon Van Dyke attempted last season? I'm going to say not a lot because I, I think he did, his game isn't that. Over, over 38 games. His game isn't tackling, is it? His game is Give me a number. reading it before the tackle. Over 38 games, how many tackles do you reckon he attempted? 40. 16. Jesus <laughs> Van Dyke made 10 tackles last season. He's making a living. Wow. <laughs> now, you Maldini's see, up somewhere just masturbating to that. You'll, you'll see where <laughs> he didn't I'm make going. any mistakes. Yeah. You'll see where I'm going with this. Matip attempted 47. Okay. Yeah, completed 34 in three less games. Three even, less games as well. <laughs> even with Liverpool struggling this season, Van Dijk's made three tackles. <laughs> We've got the opposite problem there. Yeah, <laughs> so when you're not winning games, it's a hang on. Well, what are you doing? So I, I tried looking at other numbers to see. So I looked at a comparison of Ruben Diaz's numbers to try and look at essentially the less aggressive centre-back in a pairing. And if I just swap you out and say we're the Liverpool of last season, a long way to go, but Saliba is the less aggressive when it comes to Gabriel. Yeah. Gabriel very much does that. I'm going to go out and get it. They're serial killers less aggressive than that man at times. <laughs> Saliba's completed four times more tackles than Van Dijk this season and you defend probably four times more than we have this season. Yeah, we have done this year, Christ. Do, do you consider- just have a little too much. No, no, I'm trying to think <laughs> of the, the right way to word yeah. the question without it being too easy. 
First of all, would you consider Van Dyke? Have I just exposed Van Dyke? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're not my stats. Can but... you get uh, Vidic's stats up next? I really need to see <laughs> yeah. them compared. I've um, not seen enough of it. So Van Dyke, the best out of what he does. At a time, and we did the should he shift across the pitch to help out Trent or whatever. Would you expect him to be more aggressive considering the circumstances or is that when the issues start coming in if he starts deviating from his game? Yeah, I guess you wouldn't change it too much, would you? He, in some of the games, he's just not been good enough all round. He hasn't been aggressive enough at times. It didn't look good that last goal and it's not only him that's standing around for the Somerville goal on uh, Saturday night, but he kind of, it looks, it looks like everyone just wants the other person to attack the yeah. ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought even the first one is obviously a howler from Gomez. Kind of Alisson gets... I thought, I thought Van Dijk's caught on his heels a little bit as well, in a way. I thought it was harsh to put that all on Gomez, but it's the same... Gomez, uh, Trent should be thankful that wasn't him. Because oh, God. <laughs> if, Trent, if, if, if Trent does that, then it's like, there's think but, pieces. But Gomez has a bit of that thing as well, doesn't he, where people will blame him for stuff, and Alisson obviously has a lot more credit in the bank. So. I, I imagine... All the managers will say that we had belief going in. When Leeds were in that dressing room and they saw a Trent Gomez, Trent and Gomez right hand side, they very obviously said, "Why would we go at Van Dijk and Robertson when we yeah. can switch this ball every single time?" And even with he hasn't been as good so far this season. I think since, he was really good in the City game, Van Dijk, and I think in the last couple of games since that, I know what you're saying about the Leeds goals. I thought he was good overall since that City game. But for the rest of the season, he hasn't been good enough. But that point still exists that you'll go down the other side rather than his side still, even now. So the lack of tackles or whatever, I, couldn't believe I still it. think, yeah, those numbers do surprise me as well. Um, but I feel I still think there is enough of that to him where you're going to go, why would we go for this guy when we could? It's kind of like um, remember the, when the bet builders and things first came in and I remember looking in and you'd see like a striker and it would be, back them to have over one shot in a game and it would be someone like Harry Kane and it's like surely these guys are taking so many shots yeah. every game and it turns out they just aren't Darwin might change that market even when you look at like yeah the odds for someone to have a shot on target or whatever that one and I wondered so I wondered if the tackles thing was like that and I was going to look and I was going to see that you know every defender actually is like this and Van Dyke does seem to be somewhat of an anomaly now there is some bit where players do actively avoid going down his side. Not so much this season, but that has been a case yeah, before. Yeah, of course. Um, but to see... I was going to just be quite egregious and say, has Matip been the better centre-back all along? <laughs> 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 but there is there is something, isn't there, in the... Um, I, it on. just seems surprising that when you're struggling in the way that they are, if it's a midfielder, so we're looking at Fabinho good, you should be grabbing this game. Yeah. It it feels like, and whether that's practical or not, that Van Dyke should be going I'm abandoning my position. I realise how ridiculous yeah, it sounds yeah, as I yeah. say. Very difficult. It, but to that's do. just kinda of how we As a centre half it's difficult. Yeah, I know what you mean. He Carragher pinpointed in the city game where he said he, Van Dyke sort of carried himself in a little bit of a different way. He was a lot more intense. Um which was true. And so you would I did say on the pod after that week, I don't think the team can do that many times. I think they can get up for that game. I don't think that's in them to be that intense. You're, like, you're not going to be. No one is. But uh, yeah, you would have wanted a bit more of that from him. Maybe not to that level each game. Yeah, for sure. You'd have wanted a bit more, I think. 
Darwin up top. So Ajax in midweek, he misses an open goal. And it's when you're trying to drive the narrative one way, that wasn't a good way to kind of spin it back the right way. I don't know what you thought about him in this game. I thought he had a couple of... Ch- There's the one chance where he's going through, and I say this in a weekend, where Jesus has missed a hatful. Yeah, yeah. But you have different privileges when you're top of the league and different yeah. privileges. Are Arsenal top of the league? <laughs> we'll be saying that until we're not. <laughs> you have the chance to to stop that being a fact on Saturday. But when he's not scoring, he's got two assists on, on, on uh, Sunday. Darwin isn't doing that. And I don't know if he's become an easy target or if he's just that guy. I, I called him in a group chat a rich man's Antonio. In the same way, all I'm hearing is he brings the chaos. Is that not the exact thing that we say about Antonio at West yeah, Ham? Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to ask Jack, at the start of the season, if Liverpool had spent 85 million on Antonio from West Ham, would they be doing any worse? <sighs> I alluded to it earlier where I think he's still contributing somewhat. He just looks mental doing it. And they it look a better team when he's on the pitch. Yeah, it doesn't look, he doesn't look graceful, but you, you can see that there's something to work with there. And if anything, you can kind of tell his, maybe his confidence isn't going to go because this is as bad as it may get. And if he's still scoring goals every now and again, yes, he's missing ridiculous chances. I mean, I'm partial to a striker that's missing yeah. in my time. <laughs> But you can tell that there's something to work with there and he just needs to almost adapt. Maybe this is just a slow burner. I'd be more worried if he's doing all that and not scoring. Like, he's such an odd player. He's easier though because... Maybe nothing shocks me anymore because of Werner. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Buttons think, of submission yeah. by these strikers. I think we've seen from strikers before. You're either a good finisher or you're not. You don't usually... Suddenly, like, Jesus isn't going to suddenly score 40 goals next season. But he has what you do before that. Now, Darwin, I actually don't think is a bad finisher. I no. think he sometimes falls over himself, but the finishes against like Napoli in the Champions League, even the finish against us, like even when he's miskicking it, he's doing the right thing. For him, it's almost like you need to sort the before bit, which I think is actually an easier fix. But As he gets used to the way we play, etc., etc., it should. But I also but- think you'd then be coaching out a lot of what some of the rawness is also part of his yeah part of his skill isn't it but he he has got something where you you watch him and think I don't think this guy's very good but he does just seem to find himself having chances the runs he makes he is obviously lightning quick he's quicker than I thought big strong there was a point where he was running back and there's one of those clips online where someone's just filmed him running back and he he makes a foul I think at the other end it is insane I thought it was sped up no no but you've got the first thing with that is you've got him bolting, Salah bolting, Thiago is bless him <laughs> trying. He ends up making the tackle, which is credit to OSG. But then someone's panned the camera back, and Fabinho's just jogging back. You know, this is not helping. Well, this is not helping your cause. There's a thing with Nunes, isn't he? Where he almost he's almost like galloping back, like you would watch Walcott. strides. You would you yeah. knew how fast Walcott was, and what Nunes has probably recorded a speed similar to what Walcott would have set. Mm. Walcott will almost glide like when he was running he just yeah. looked like a fast player Nunes just looks like a freak yeah, it, yeah. it's very weird yeah. it's a very Rudiger-esque run as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey look shoots like him as well yeah. Rudiger if you have a front five maybe in the same <laughs> way that Rudiger found form 
Maybe that's what you tried against us. So he's um, bringing the chaos. <laughs> Just yeah. I've got some questions here, and ultimately, you need to tell me whether it'd be more likely for Chelsea or more likely for Liverpool. Okay. Which team do you think, if the if there was a press conference tomorrow and the manager used the word rebuild, which set of fans do you think would be more accepting of it? Oh, God. And I mean a proper one as well, not a... Like, yours... Yeah. 500 million... Yeah. I mean, it's a rebuild in one way, but not in the sense that you're going in there and saying, we're taking two steps back for the moment and we're going to go again. I think Liverpool would be more accepting because of that midfield. They'd be, I mean, proofs in the pudding, they can see in front of their eyes that they needed to rebuild their midfield. Everything else is by the by. If you, like, the defence you can sort out pretty much when everyone's fit. Your strikers, Nunes aside, you get them fit and it's not so bad. They, they would accept that. Whereas if you hear that at Chelsea, you kind of think like, well, what the fuck are we doing? We've just signed five hundred million pounds with the players. <laughs> not think, yeah. That's not a rebuild situation. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool yeah. have also done this semi recently. Do you think the fans would be accepting of going through that again? Because all I hear so much of, I don't know how we used to be so shit. I don't know how we got through this, and now to get to this point, yeah, yeah, it, they would be less patient than they were on the way to get to where we got to under clock for sure because you're right it'd be doing it all over again wouldn't it and they're not happy now people are pissed off with definitely with the owners um, and a little bit less so with, with uh, the manager but yeah I think Jack's right I just think the nature of Chelsea as a club I, I just don't think rebuild sits comfortably with Chelsea it's just a difficult I think thing. the closest we've ever been to a proper rebuild is when we finished 10th under Jose and then we won the league next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, that like we've never gone through a rebuild, I, so we've never had that I patience. Had this, of, that thing of we're we're like our formula for the last twenty years has been right. If it's not working, fire him. Yeah, and we win something, and it's always worked. So it, it's not like it, uh, exactly every single you know like when Potter will go. Well, if they think we're just going to go and win something again with this team, then yeah. it's like, well, that's what's happened every time. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so. like, it's like Frank. Like we accepted the rebuild under Frank because he's blooding in all the like the Cobham youth. Get Tuckling, gets rid of all of that, wins Champions League. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, actually, why why are we yeah. back, back in? Yeah. The Conte yes. team aside, it all, I always feel like your biggest successes have been when we've considered your team to be at its lowest. Your two Champions League successes have probably been two of your worst teams in Both the last however long certainly the teams where if any of us were going to play you we'd rather be facing those teams than if you showed me on a piece of paper yeah no I yeah. think uh, that's fair that's 100% I mean, if you compare those teams to the first uh, teams in Jose's first stint yeah. you say those teams win the Champions League this team doesn't you'd be like you're on crack don't be yeah. stupid no way yeah playing Ryan Bertrand at left and wing so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it's like why would we go from scratch when we're winning with a team that we haven't had to go through that, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. it. Kind of, they've seen teams of different qualities, but have always won something. I think that's why we are so unforgiving because we've seen yeah, yeah. teams with these players driven on by nothing else but heart and desire to win something. And we find I, I definitely have found recently we've lost that. That's what's causing this. I think where you look at the FA Cup losses against Leicester and the ones against Arsenal, and you look at those and you think. That wouldn't have happened with Frank and JT in the team. And that's what we're missing. You can get all the fancy players you want, but I think that's why we're, it looks like we're betting the house on Conor Gallagher coming good mm. to, to have that core of 
Mount Gallagher Chilwell, James to try and get that back. But they're just not the same mentality as those players. Which one of you wants the next question? I I mean, I probably answered that more than... I I thought we were splitting them anyway. You can be the tiebreaker if you don't agree if you want. Um, TK, order the following four teams in order of their final league position. I don't need to know where that finish is, just... This one finishes highest. This one finishes lowest. One to four. Higher, lower. Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United and Newcastle. I need you to order them one to four, highest to lowest. Okay. Oh, God. Do I go hard-headed? Chelsea... Is this highest? Yeah, Chelsea highest. Wow. Can I have some of that, uh, <laughs> that enthusiasm, please? I think Potter will work it out. Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, Newcastle. Sorry, Harry Byron. <laughs> I mean... Jack, let's have yours. I mean, so carry on the vendetta against Newcastle, I could... Judging off now, right now, yeah, in this if, vein of form, I'd have personally United, we, Newcastle. You're thinking ahead in this, I guess, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. If it's yeah. in this vein of form, yeah. we're no. definitely bottom. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sure. I, I think genuinely, if it carries on the way it's going, I mean. But this I, is I would, you have to, in this in this decision, uh, yeah. you're saying whether it's going to. I would yeah. I would say oh, when I'm you, saying this is our yeah, blip, okay. But when Newcastle <laughs> gets some injuries, I mean, Alan Maxman's out and. They've had injuries, which is the annoying thing. Um, I genuinely think United, Newcastle, Chelsea, Liverpool, just because we've spent so much and we've got the talent there, it's just it's not working at the moment. Whereas Liverpool don't have the midfield that they need to be able to do, play the way they play. And that's not going to be sorted in January. The, the thing I was speaking about before, the, the main concern with us that does put the doubt in my mind on this is that, I said, we look so tired and lethargic. I just don't know how you get that back. Yeah. Because this, people seem to think, I don't know what people think is going to happen with this World Cup. <laughs> if our players are just going to be sat with their feet up as cigars, and I think maybe Arsenal players are all going to get space jammed or something because they're going to fall <laughs> apart after the World Cup. I don't know what people think is going on in this month. But I, hopefully, if we can get our legs back under us, I think we can go on a bit more of a run. Not on a crazy run, but to push for that. I think, Potter will get better at Chelsea. Mm. By contrast, I think this is Man United and Newcastle's good patch. What? I maybe I'm hoping. I actually <laughs> maybe I'm just hoping. Had the same order as Jack until I heard it out loud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I, I was the same. That's why I was so. Restrained. I do. I do. If if I had to put money down now. I do think I would take United over the two of you, yeah. and that feels horrible to say, but I I think I take their structure. He's got more solid front line for us, hasn't he? As well, yeah, and he potentially has arrested their biggest issues in terms of looking like a bit of a fast of a club. He looks like he's got it in order. And he's, the, he's dealt with the Ronaldo thing fairly well, actually, I think. I, if he can get him out, I'd probably I, I back think, him better. I, think, I, don't, I don't know about bringing him back in. You know, he took six shots yesterday and I think the combined XG was like 0.22. I think he's perfect for Ten Hag. I think he's letting him hang himself. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I think if he can get him as out in January... As long as you win games at the same time, though. Yeah, yeah. As long as it works, like, yeah, as long as they keep winning, then... I think that whole idea of them being a farce and that 
Every, I genuinely think when Maguire, when the ball ever came near him, he had that TikTok sound effect of Harry Maguire <laughs> playing in his own head, which probably added to his problems. They've got rid of that. Do you? Of your strider. That's just no context, Her Majesty. Do you prefer that soundbite or the uh, "fuck it, it's Kepper"? I mean, it's it's not working this year up until now. But I, yeah, the Harry Maguire one. I just think I look at Newcastle, and the difference is is that team unity. I look at Chelsea, and I see. Aubameyang don't want to be there mm. Sterling probably doesn't give a shit anyway he hated us until he, <laughs> yeah. we signed him for 290 grand a week you got Mason Mount who probably cares you got Reese James who does and then the rest of them they don't care I, no one cares that's the thing whereas Newcastle it seems like they've got a good thing going and they all care because they've been in the doldrums for so long with Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley they, they've got a new lease of life and you got Almiron, who's just happy to be there, and he's putting up mad numbers. I yeah. still struggle too much to get beyond the team that Jacob Murphy still gets minutes for. I know, I know, but it's my concern is the fitness of Wilson and Isaac, and yeah. can Almiron carry us on? Yeah, if they if they can, because I think I think you know Bruno and uh, Joe Linton I think are as good as midfielders. I just as can't believe got. we're saying that. Like, That's the other thing. After I'm saying this without factoring in if they had to close in January they probably will spend a few won't they yeah we're just Darwin central midfield when we move forward if I got the legs if I if I offered you swapping in for Origi now would you take the swap back or not you been listening to Tony Cascarino on a, I saw it just before we started would you for the memories (laughs) I've seen him recently he came on against us from Milan and he didn't look good. But they've got him just for the bench as well. I, uh, I suspect you probably wouldn't want to look on Italian Twitter to see what they say about him. I would put it that way. Um, which of your teams did the better summer business? We're really on a nitty gritty now. I, th- I think us, because the players, there's something there. There's, it will come good. We're just going through a stylistic change, perhaps. And they're not used to it. You don't think Darwin will? I think they're for the. I think they're for the future as well. I think they're not just for the now. Abama Young aside, obviously. Um, I'll stop you there. While we're on the subject of Darwin, who scores more goals this season, Abama Young or Darwin? I, I mean, when it comes to Chelsea players, I have no confidence in scoring any goals. So Darwin. I mean, Easy. does TK have confidence in Darwin? <laughs> I mean, he's already, yeah, I mean got, he's already on more goals than him It's now. a pretty remarkable one from Jack, though. He's just said they've got a better window, but he's just got no confidence in these <laughs> set no, players. We've got good players. We just, just can't score through, goals. Yeah. That That's two separate issues yeah. where we've had it for years, where we've got Havertz with 72 games and four goals. <laughs> and he's our, he's, we're debating, should we be starting him over yeah. a Bamiyan? Yeah. And that's a debate we're having. And he's got Maybe four, he'll do it this time. And he's got four Premier League, got five if you include the one it's Brighton, which I'm not including. So, Darwin will score more than them. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And I'll say we had the better win because Darwin will eventually will come good. Yeah. I mean, that speed, yeah. gonna, something's going to happen when <laughs> he he's He plays like he's yeah. just had a, a bump. Um, two more questions. Um, which team's problems are more self-inflicted? <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, these are good questions. Hmm. Oh, I mean, it's two sides of the same horrible coin. Our owners have almost upset the upper cup by spending too much and just not knowing what they're doing with it. And your owners 
on the other side of that coin have not spent enough yeah. and are reaping the benefits. Maybe it's somewhere within the middle. Yeah, it could learn from each other. Could, yeah. It could definitely learn from each other. I'd say our problems are probably more of our own making. Yeah. Do either of you finish above Spurs? <laughs> I, I hate how they play so much. I want to say yes. But those you should re- love the way they play. Those results against Bournemouth, Bournemouth especially being the team that always seems to smash us 4-0 when we ever <laughs> we play them. They don't have Callum Wilson anymore though. No, there's that, but I just don't see that. We had almost exactly the same scenario. Yes, there's one more goal in it. We get They get one back and they win 3-2. We get one back and we concede another. So, <laughs> when, when you've got... I know Sun's not been doing it this season. I, I forgot that happened. Yeah. When, when you... You have, I know he's not been doing it this season, but when you have Son and you have Harry Kane, who are just guaranteed goals. Well, that's never, why they keep playing with Son. And- yeah, <laughs> you, you're never too far away from shithousing a 1-0 win. Whereas if we're under the cosh, we've got no players that will just randomly strike out a goal. If If I said to you now, I've got the keys to make this happen, you can swap Conte for Graham Potter. Oh, oh. Stop pretending because we know you're running it back of Antonio. What I don't see... I think everyone works out happier in that case. Yeah, what I don't see with Conte Spurs is them countering like we did. They've got the same... The rearguard action as we did, but what they don't have is Costa Havertz, Victor Moses and Conte mopping up in midfield, creating these opportunities to break. Like, if you want to see Conte ball at Chelsea, you watch... Man City back the Man City away when we win 3-1 that is Conte ball to a, to a tee where you've got Kante mopping up midfield Fabregas finding a random pass to Diego Costa who just buries it and the same with the breaking with William and Havertz we don't have the players to do that with Conte now Spurs don't have it and we definitely don't have it we are much more set up for a possession based game because I don't like Havert Hazard gets a chance in those counters he scores them I'm not saying that was Sterling. I, I saw a compilation of <laughs> De Bruyne um, assists to him. Yeah, that, that, yeah, I saw that. that. He missed. I'm like, fuck uh, yeah, me. I, 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 I chose not to watch that. Yeah. yeah. I saw yeah. the first one and thought, I don't need to see this. I, I was like, if he can do that with the chances that he's getting there, I have no hope for him for the rest of the season with us. And I said this at the start, what we don't need is another winger that misses loads of chances. And that's <laughs> yeah. it at the moment, what yeah. we're getting. yeah. Arteta found his feet with a win against Chelsea. Maybe uh, Potter finds his feet. Arteta's... I think Spurs finish above both of us for Clary. Arteta's record against Potter, by the way. Hmm? Arteta's never beaten Potter, but he's also never not won at Stamford Bridge. He's never lost at Stamford Bridge. I was going to say. Your 2-2 win is coming back to Hawley. There we go. Um... Finally, which of your teams go further in the Champions League? The boys. Yeah, we're winning it. You know, back in Potter. And I have seen <laughs> Liverpool fans have very quickly adjusted to. Well, we'll just have to win the Champions League then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that does seem to be the default, doesn't it? When City's running away with it, or someone else is running away with it, you think yeah. we had oh, a Hazard? That. That. That's the only way we're going to qualify for it. Is that the easiest way? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> we, or Allison will have to get some more goals. Yeah, yeah. We had a Havertz winner in the Champions League final. Darwin. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it would make sense. Well, the thing is, I think other than City, who does look a, a dominant force? Madrid will do their thing. Yes. Outside of that, PSG. 
for the first time are looking like they could. Yeah, be. maybe they might. I mean, with a fr- it's hard to imagine them not with a front three of Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. But we've seen enough of PSG to know you can't trust them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you just can't, no matter what you're the not, situation. Yeah, you're not giving them every. Maybe one of PSG City final that'd be good for football, wouldn't it? Every team's just saying, "Thank God, Arsenal are in that Champions League." <laughs> Jack, who wins Saturday, Sunday? I keep saying Saturday because it's the only kickoff. Ah, uh, I mean, the thing is, it's you, isn't it? That's the issue. But I have to. I mean, if I see us lose against you lot there again in the flesh, I am going to cry. I've sold my Zagreb tickets as well for, for Wednesday. I'm just not backing it. It's like, no, I'm not driving to London midweek for that. Once. 12 o'clock. It's, it's gonna, if you win, I'm not coming on the pod. <laughs> 11, it's been bad enough today. Been honest. It's been bad enough today and we haven't been covering Arsenal. 11 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've done my best. Yeah. 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 11 o'clock Sunday when I, my alarm will go off probably 10.59. I'll go to Chelsea first for the lineup. If I see Azpilicueta in that lineup, you will. Yours. And I see Jesus and Martinelli ready to spit roast him on that Stamford Bridge pitch. Good lord! Now he's definitely scoring the winning out because he does love a goal against us in the last two games at Stamford Bridge. They have to move back kickoff time for the Stamford. Jeez, but we've got some XG to cash in on. <sighs> Gabriel Jesus has a lot of XG to cash he's in start, on. He's going to start on the bench. He's going to run on with the cash in the bank briefcase, isn't he? One of Ober and Jesus are scoring a winner. Yeah. If, yeah. That if, is how football works. If, if Ober scores a winner, I genuinely think I might be on the pitch. That would be <laughs> hilarious. I might come in with an Aubameyang shirt on the Monday. And Jack's not on because he's been banged up from, <laughs> yeah. from the pitch. And just stop oil. I'm just going to tie myself to the goalpost. It's 3 nil to Arsenal. Jack tied himself to yeah. the goalpost. Just, yeah. just, <laughs> just, just stop Potter. Yeah. I, can pre- I, can- I don't care about the oil. Just get this man out of the I club. can preview the podcast for you. It goes, well, who's higher in the league? Who's higher in the league? <laughs> oh, no. A bit nice mature pod. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. Movie Madness this week will be in Bruges against the Big Lebowski, so be sure to tune in for that. And then, as I said, next week, Arsenal-Chelsea, Liverpool-Spurs. It is a weekend actually made for the pod. Good to AJ's back, that's nice. We'll see how we go. See you there. Goodbye.